0: Good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church and thank you for tuning in today, for being here today physically or being here together, watching on your computers, your tablets, your phones, wherever you are listening on the podcast. We're excited to be worshiping with you today in song with our, with our mouths, lifting up praises to God or we're studying his word. <clears throat> Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 as we begin this morning, Ephesians Chapter 6. We continue today in our series we started last week, this greater series of Ephesians. We started the armor of God. As we continue to wrap up this series of Ephesians, we look to our important armor ready for battle. If able, please stand and follow along as I read. Finally, again, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, says, Finally, speak Now this is the second week in the armor of God. And I can't cover or summarize everything we talked about last week, so I encourage you if you missed last week or if you're failing to remember last week, <laughs> then check out the YouTube channel, check out the podcast, refresh your memory later. But as we read, I hope you have some memory of last week's points. As we started this new series with Ephesians last week, We found God's words through Paul's letter here telling us that we must, one, be aware of the battle, two, be strong in the Lord, three, know the enemy, three, be know the enemy's strategy, and four, know your strengths and stand. We are warriors in a supernatural battle and against a spiritual evil being and a spiritual evil being who knows just how to attack and how to use the things of this physical world to take our focus off of our great God. We love war, war movies, superhero movies, ultimate fighting championship, wrestling. We say we don't like war, we say we love peace, yet so much of what we do every day of our lives is focused on war. War with other countries, war within our government, war within our communities, feuds, battles, wars within our families and friendships. It is estimated that more than 14,500 wars have been fought from 3600 BC to the present day. And that number keeps rising. In fact, during the same time period, there have been over 5,305 years of war. In only 300 years of peace. The Bible depicts countless wars from Genesis to Revelation. Though both physical and spiritual wars, physical wars have dominated history's attention from the time Cain killed his brother Abel right down to the present day. And these will continue. However, the primary focus of Scripture is the ongoing conflict between Satan, Christ, and our sin, ourselves, There is a battle for our loyalty and our souls. Paul gives us insight into the great strength we have as Christians with the armor of God. As we said last week, an NFL football player would be silly, destined for injury or death if he did not go on the field with his helmet and pads. A fireman would be destined for injury and death without their fire retardant suit, their mask, their oxygen tank, A soldier would be destined for death if they did not go into battle with the proper training, weapons, body armor, and other essential gear. We as Christians must not go into battle without the life providing, protecting, and sustaining equipment God has blessed us with to withstand every evil and supernatural temptation or threat which comes our way. This is the armor of God. Tony Stark, Iron Man, would not go into battle without his Iron Man suit of the day. Neither should we battle without God's armor. For you see, a Christian's true power is the Lord's power within us. How strong we are on our own doesn't truly matter. We need God. We need his equipping. This is the main idea of this series. A Christian's true power is the Lord's power, not our own power. So where do you find your strengths, your courage, your boldness? Who or what do you look to in a world full of people, websites, governments, news groups, and more wanting to tell you what to do, how to act, how to speak? Are you looking first to God's word, his truth? Today we look to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 to 14 but mostly verse 14 we'll contemplate or we'll ponder as we read this therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. We cannot simply put on one piece of armor, though, and expect our full body, our full life to be protected from evil. A firefighter does not just wear a helmet. Just one piece of armor could make the, mean the difference of life or death. They need the oxygen tank. They need the mask. They need the fire retardant suit. They need their pickaxe. They need everything. A soldier of war needs multiple pieces, as we're seeing. We cannot fight a war sitting down either. We must put on the whole armor and stand up and stand firm. Prepare for battle. This brings us to the first piece of armor on our soldier's body, the belt of truth. And you see a picture there in front of you. Why does the belt of truth come first? Why is it the belt of truth at all? Why not the shoes of truth or the helmet of truth? What is truth we'll have a lot of statements today about truth is and you can be looking out for those if you're taking notes as I saw through this piece of armor I came up with several key ideas for why the belt of truth comes first as I saw through this piece of armor I came up with several ideas several practical uses of a belt let's think about this for a moment what does a belt do Let's think first about a Roman soldier's attire as Paul is thinking up this illustration, these ideas, probably looking to a Roman soldier, a guard, as he is sitting in prison in chains, maybe under house arrest, maybe in a dungeon. A Roman soldier will oft, would often be wearing a tunic, basically a sheet with three holes in it, one for the head and two for the arms. It was a loose fitting garment, so one reason of why a belt was that it was to hold his attire close to his body. The belt holds everything together and frees him from the bondage of loose fitting attire which could get snagged or caught while in battle. For us, a belt keeps our pants up and it's very important to prevent embarrassment. But there's so much more to it. You see, biblical truth is like this, and we have a belt of truth holding our lives together. Number one, the truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ holds our life together. The truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ holds our life together. In fact, more than this, God's word and Jesus is not only what protects our life holding everything together, but it's also what truly provides life. We have life through Christ, through the gospel of Christ, through his works, through remembering his work, through believing and trusting in his work. The truth of the gospel provides and protects. John 8, 31 to 32 states, John 8, 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let me give you some quotes about truth. Some of these people may not even remember saying these things. It's been a few years. And again, we have a lot of truth is statements today. Truth is exciting. I should have a comma there, I believe, but truth is exciting. Or an exclamation mark. The more you know, the more you want to know. Greg O'Nash. Hope you're in here to hear that. But then you realize you don't know much at all. Larry Foster. Leave it to Larry to point us to the sovereignty of God. And and we fail to understand all things. But that's a good thing. For another quote is, A God small enough to understand is not big enough to be worshipped. Evelyn Underhill The Bible doesn't lie. The Bible is truth. Tim Jacobson. You see, number two is this. Biblical truth is always truth and is always righteous and to be chosen. I should add on there. It is not opinion to be debated. It is truth to be followed. The devil may try to manipulate the truth, but he cannot change it from being truth, for that is what it is. Truth is, the devil will try to move you away from God's presence, but, but he will fail if you rely on God's truth, the belt of truth, and the whole armor of God. For we are told we can withstand, but it's through putting on the whole armor of God. The belt of a Roman soldier would hold important weapons and protection for their lives. It would hold the sword on. It would hold everything together. The belt of truth holds a lot for us as it holds our spiritual life together. It's reminding us of where true strength, hope, life, and promise comes from. And that no one can take away what God holds close. Truth is, again, truth is, truth is what tells us the difference between right and wrong. Biblical truth. <clears throat> right is God's ways. Wrong is Satan's manipulation and twisting of the truth. Truth is what tells us of life and of death. Truth is what tells us of God's will. I'd like us to think of Genesis now as we think of the beginning of creation. Our relationship with God and sin. You see, in Genesis 1 1 and 2, we see God's creation of the world, truth. And we see God creating man and woman, Adam and Eve, and everything created, he said, is good. Also truth. Those are truths Satan tries to twist here. Actually, multiple. You see, we see God creating man and woman, two sexes. Satan wants to manipulate and twist that truth. We see that God created the world. Again, another truth which Satan tries to manipulate, to twist. We see God placing value on humans, on his creation, of which he says is good. Another truth. You see, everything God creates is good. Well, until sin entered the picture We see truth here, but we also see the beginning of sin, lies, and destruction to our lives as we fall away from the truth God gives. And instead, listen to Satan as he twists the truth. Because deception is the first weapon the devil uses. And this goes all the way back here to the Garden of Eden. Satan causes Adam and Eve and us still today to question the commands of God. As we think, or as he causes us to think... Did God really say that? Is, he, is that really what he means? Doesn't he just want me to be happy? No, this isn't what God's word says. Jesus calls Satan the father of lies in John 8:44, and for good reason. Let's read from Genesis 3. If you haven't open in front of you, please look to Genesis 3. <clears throat> Genesis 3, reread. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God, notice the two names there, Lord God, had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, notice now those two names are gone. No longer did the Lord God say, but Satan says, Crafty, deceitful, father of lies. Satan says, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, No, that's not what he says. She says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, And now look, Now Satan has her forgetting that other name for God, Forgetting the Lord as she just remembers God. This was a reminder we had yesterday At our men's retreat by Pastor Brad Little. God's word says, You shall not eat. This is her speaking. In reply to the devil, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. What a manipulation of the truth. I mean, that, that, that's just making you think, Wow, I could be like God. Knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Later, the Lord God comes back into the picture. Notice the Lord God, as we were reminded yesterday, Lord is Yahweh or Adonai, a personal name for God, a personal presence of God recognized within our life. And then God here is Elohim or Creator God. And as we were challenged yesterday by Pastor Brad Little, and I challenge you today here with this reading, we too struggle to remember the personal presence of God, of Christ within our lives. And that was part of the problem here. You see, here, Eve knew the truth. In fact, she debated the truth, or she stated the theological truth that she knew from God's words. But she forgot about the personal presence and the strength of having God in her life. As Satan twisted and said, did God actually say? He referred to the creator God, but not to the personal God that she had within the garden around her with her see satan is a master of deception and we must be prepared with the armor of truth of god's word and stand firm upon them we must abide in the personal lord <clears throat> don't debate god's don't debate god's word his truth don't question god's word follow God's word abide in the truth abide in him you see they did not stand firm they fell and all creation fell into sinful consequences with them they had a great theological discussion but ultimately failed truth is again truth is truth is we must stand firm upon God's truth look to God's presence Abide in him, abide in it. Be so standing firm upon the truth as somebody debates it with you, you're not gonna say, Well, really? Did it doesn't mean that? No, truth is truth. Biblical truth is always truth and it's always righteous. We must surround ourselves with truth to not allow Satan to deceive us, but we must make sure that it's biblical truth. Surround yourself with God's word. Godly music, godly television or books, godly people. Don't run from the truth, seek the truth. You see I think so often we run from the truth. So we don't want to recognize the truth because maybe we want to be seen as normal like the rest of the world. But we are not of this world. We are better. We are new creations. We are saints. We're set apart. Truth is <clears throat> truth is what illuminates a path that we are to follow. We must know truth so well, this path so well, that the deceiver is not able to manipulate us and lead us away from God. I think of the path as we hike through uh, the Appalachian Trail on a backpacking trip and you want to follow those white diamonds. But then there's some little trails that people have made off to the side or that animals have made off to the side. We need to be so familiar with the right path that we don't start to stray along the wrong path. We must stand so firm upon it that it is as if our legs are metaphorically planted into the ground of Scripture with a swimming pool of concrete. John eight thirty two again says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you know truth? Do you know the truth of Jesus, the truth of the gospel? Do you know the truth of God's word? Have you accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, your savior from your sins? Do you trust in this truth? Do you know this freedom that we speak of? Do you live according to his ways and not your own? Truth is what frees us. Truth is what frees us, what gives life but only the truth of the gospel of Christ. And the more we walk contrary to his ways, the more trouble we are in, the less firm we are planted. And we are then like the parable of the seed, whereas the seed gets washed away due to having no roots at all. Are you rooted in God's truth? All other truth is worthless, vain. God's truth found in his word and Jesus' true strength. And this is priceless. If not, talk to one of us today. If not, then it is as simple as doing it today. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in him as Lord, as Savior. Trust in him and be saved. Accept him, follow him, believe, trust and obey. Hebrews 12:1 says therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. When we talk about the truth we talk about God being the truth of everything not just some things. Truth is found in allowing God to be your everything. He is your foundation. And when wearing the belt of truth, we are armed for a spiritual fight against evil and the things that tempt us, pull us away from our face, and harm us spiritually. So number three is, truth arms and protects against temptations, control, and fall. And number four, quickly, is truth is wearing Christ. Never forget that wearing the belt of truth also means wearing Christ. John 14, 6 says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And this is why Paul said in Galatians three twenty seven, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Truth is wearing Christ. And remember, Satan has already been defeated by Christ. Jesus has been victorious, but the Satan, the father of lies, the great deceiver will try to still manipulate or twist the truth. So as I begin to wrap up, allow me to give you some final points to remember and end with a few questions to ponder. Starting with this, some more truth is statements. Truth is found in God's word. Truth is, God's truth is, what must guide our decision making. Truth is, God's truth is, meant to be shared, to be proclaimed. Just as we shared this morning as we did remembrance of him, as we did communion. Truth is, God's truth is, meant to be put on daily like a belt to hold everything together, to hold everything up. Truth is, God's truth is, what protects us from Satan, the father of lies, his schemes and manipulation. But God's truth is what also provides life. Truth is found in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and God's word. All this sanctifies and purifies us for our future with God in heaven. So why again is the belt of truth first? Why is it identified at all? Well, without the belt, we have nothing to hold everything else up and together. Without truth, everything falls apart. We have nothing to hang our sword on. Without the truth, we are caught as if with our pants down. And we allow the devil to laugh at us. And we're unable to stand in the fight with the sword in hand, ready for battle, as we're still trying to close ourselves. We must be prepared. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. Be strong in his might, the Lord's might, his strength, his might. I'd like to leave you with a few questions to ponder, starting with this. When you see an ancient soldier wearing armor, it's easy to identify him as a warrior or a soldier. Is it as easy to identify people who are wearing the armor of God today? Is it as easy to identify you as a soldier of Christ wearing the armor of God? Two, can they see Christ in you? Christ's love, Christ's mercy, Christ's humility, Christ's righteous ways. Do they see a love for God and his people Do they see a man of God who imitates Christ in his righteous ways found in God's word? How can you use the armor of God and specifically the belt of truth in your life this week? Think about that. In school, in work, in family, in our neighborhoods, in our our friendships. So that God may be seen and glorified in all ways and in all places. How might your life be different if you started to apply the armor of God today? What might change? What might change? So as we begin to close, I have a few summarizing statements. The Bible is truth. It teaches all we need to know about life, death, heaven, and hell, God and Satan and sin and salvation. It reveals our condition before God It reveals his solution to our problem, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It reveals the way of salvation. It reveals the final destiny of the saints. It reveals the final destiny of the lost. Truth is, God's truth is, the truth that matters is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you're not lost here today. I pray that the lost would be found. Come to Jesus come to truth and be set free. Will you pray with me now? Pray for that. Let's pray now. Lord, we pray today for the truth to be made known. We pray that it will hold everything together within our life. It will provide life. It will sustain life. It will protect life. We pray for revival within the nations. We pray for revival within our communities. We pray for revival within this church as people truly choose to trust in you and your word, your ways, the gospel of Christ. Lord, we pray now for all this to be remembered every single day of our life as we stand firm upon you and in the armor of God, which you provide. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. First Peter 2.16 tells us to live as people who are free, not using our freedom as a cover-up for evil. But living as servants of God. Remember this truth found in God's word as you leave today and put on the full armor of God. As you leave, or before you leave, I just want to pay attention to this closing song, a cover of the song King of My Heart. This is a shorter version. Um, a cover and it's just uh, over three minutes long I believe and then don't forget we have Sunday school starting today we will begin in this room and separate from there Thank you
1: Let the King of my heart be the mountain where So Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life Oh he is my song You are good you're good. King of my heart Be the fire Gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down.